Welcome to episode 39 of the Innerwear Conversation, a podcast I've created for leaders like you. This podcast is dedicated to making sure you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. I'm Nikki Cross, founder of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I am talking about self-sabotage on the topic of pace and persistence when you're working towards goals that are meaningful for you. Today I'm sharing with you the five key ways that I see my clients, my members inside Thrive Together and myself self-sabotaging on the way to achieving goals that are meaningful to them and I want to share with you some of my best tips that I can give you in overcoming that self-sabotage. Stay tuned until the very end of this episode where I'm giving you the opportunity for personal accountability but meanwhile I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dive straight in. Hi and welcome to episode 39. Today is all about your progress or lack of and and why you might not be making as much progress as you'd like. Spoiler alert, it's probably not what you think. Today I want to talk about this so much because the deeper into the work that I do, that I go, the more I'm coming to understand that where my zone of best service is, is when someone comes along, they give me all of their shit, they literally dump it all on the table, and then together we remove that top layer of bullshit and get right to the root of the problem. And usually what this uncovers is their fears in the process and leaving them with actionable steps to move forward and proceed with their growth and with their goals. And so I want to bring some of that to the podcast today. Not only does this work light me all the way up, but it also makes me realise that we all share one thing in common. We are scared and that is okay. When it's not okay is when your fear is stopping you from going after the goals that are meaningful to you in life and business or creating a new reality for yourself or living in a way that you want to live. That's when the discomfort comes in. That's when we become not okay with it. And it's interesting because this only really crops up for us when we get sick of our own shit when we can see the dispowering behavioural cycles that we're trapped in, but we don't really know what to do about it. And sometimes it takes getting that outside perspective, someone to hold a mirror up to you and show you your own thoughts, and for you to sit objectively and work through the ways that you're sabotaging, potentially sabotaging, your own progress. And me too, by the way. I don't discount myself from this. This applies to us all. So in today's episode... What I'm excited to share with you is the most common ways that I see us self-sabotaging. And I wanna share the top ways that I see my own clients, my Thrive Together members, and myself getting in our own way when it comes to making progress. And of course, this is in relation to pace and persistence. If you didn't already know, the topic for August Inside Thrive Together, if I haven't already mentioned it, is pace and persistence. So my intention for this episode is not only that you feel seen and therefore reassured that these things don't just apply to you, they're not specific to you and therefore you can take comfort in that, but it also means you don't have to live there. It's reassuring to feel like you're not alone with your challenges, but I also want you to feel empowered that you can rise up to meet them and overcome them. So let's get stuck in. When it comes to setting a goal, when it comes to pursuing that goal, there is a certain amount of pace and persistence that is required for you to see it through. And so the first thing that I see often is being your current friend only. 
not being your future friend. And this is number one for a reason. I get asked so many times, how do I overcome my self-sabotaging behavior? And this question is asked when someone's done, usually when someone's done a fair bit of personal development work and they are aware of their behavioral patterns, they can literally see their habits, but they don't know how to create change. They wanna know how to stop the disempowering behavior, How do I stop myself from eating the whole cake when I have a health goal? How do I stop myself from scrolling instead of doing the things that require courage? How do I stop myself from procrastinating on creating an offer or the course or the program and just get it done? And the thing is with these examples is what we often do is what that current version of us wants to do. And that current version of us, us in the moment, wants to seek comfort, move away from fear, discomfort, risk of failure and judgment. And the very fact that you have self-sabotaging behaviour is a signal not to be ignored, but instead a sign to be taken notice of. Don't judge it. Even though you've given in, in inverted commas, to the temptation to actually do the self-sabotaging behaviour, don't judge it. Just instead learn from it. Without going too deep, my best advice is sit with it, observe it, and ask is this serving future me? The me in half an hour, the me at the end of the week, the me this time next year. And if the answer is no, I'm not saying to not do the thing, I'm saying to delay action. Sit with the temptation for a minute, resist immediate action just for a minute. Instead of jumping straight in, question your intention, question your motivation, question your agenda. And this applies to you when you want to eat the whole chocolate cake. Where does that desire come from? This applies to you when you want to scroll instead of doing the thing that requires courage. Where does that desire come from? This this applies when you're procrastinating on that offer. Where does that desire come from? This applies when you stick your nose into someone else's business that doesn't require your involvement to sort things out. Where does that desire come from? And most importantly, what do you get to avoid by giving in to what your current self wants. And by this, I'm asking you to practice personal integrity, by the way. I'm not saying here that you should deny yourself the cake or the scrolling or anything like that. I'm asking you to question your intent, your motivation, your potentially hidden agenda to avoid risk of judgment or failure. Because it's about that. It's about your intention. There is nothing wrong with eating a chocolate cake. There is nothing wrong with scrolling. There's nothing wrong in getting involved in a situation. There is nothing wrong with procrastinating. It all depends on where it comes from. What is driving that behavior? Is it intentional? Are you eating the whole cake because that's what's gonna light you up? Are you, what was the other example? Are you scrolling because that is what you've chosen to do in that moment and that's gonna give you something? Are you getting involved in a situation for good reason or is it to avoid something? Is that where it's coming from? So often we convince ourselves that we're doing something from a place of good intent. We're getting involved in a situation because they just couldn't sort it out themselves. We are scrolling because there's a good reason for that. We're you know, looking for something or doing research or whatever it is. But there is a big difference between doing something intentionally and not. 
so as an example we were taught a friend of mine and I were talking the other day and she was shattered she does similar work to me and she was shattered from a client call and she said to me so I took myself off in the middle of the day I got a shower I made a brew and I watched shite tv I turned my brain off I distracted myself in order to give my brain rest because I knew I had more calls in the afternoon when we were talking about it, she was saying that she did this intentionally because she knew what was what instead what she would have done normally is get stuck into her emails and then deplete her energy even further. So by going and watching that shite TV, she was intentionally resting. She wasn't avoiding anything. She was consciously choosing her way to switch off in that moment and give her brain what it needed. This is very different from watching shite TV unconsciously with the intention to avoid doing something that could bring us discomfort through risk of failure and judgment. Do you see that? It's only when you know if you are doing something from a place of intentional desire for what feels good and what lights you up, or if you're doing something from a place of wanting immediate gratification because you feel vulnerable in some way, shape or form. Are you nodding? Like, do, do, does this resonate with you? I wish that we were chatting right now. I wish that you were able to signal back to me. I hope that you feel seen in this because I want you to know, me too. I do this work on my clients and on myself and I want you to know it's worth it. The more I've done this work on myself, the more I realise that this work is like a muscle. If you use it, you train it, it gets stronger. If you neglect it, it loses its strength. And that muscle memory is a thing. So the more you practice this self-awareness, intentionally focusing on what you're doing and why you're doing it, and holding vision for yourself, the easier it is to connect to that version of yourself, that future you, and take action from that place, rather than a place of staying small to stay safe, in inverted commas. Okay, so the next one, number two, the second reason that I see us self-sabotaging in terms of pace and persistence, so always linking this back to our topic of the month, which is when we're going after meaningful goals, we have to have pace and persistence to get there. Number two <laughs> is one that you'll probably be able to relate to, and that is leaving it last minute because I work better that way in inverted commas. <laughs> the belief that you work better under the pressure of leaving it till last minute is a lie. You don't. You think you do, but it's highly likely that this is just a story that you're telling yourself. Let me explain. Imagine if I had a podcast episode to create, record, produce, publish, which for me is every single week. Imagine if my promise to myself and my audience is that I will get this episode out on a Thursday evening at the latest. And I know from experience that it'll probably take me about two hours to create, record, produce and publish the episode. Now the version of me that believes that I work better under the pressure of a tight schedule will leave it till Thursday evening. Um, what I've done in this situation is created a self-imposed time container whereby there is the pressure of the implications of this not getting done. And let's also layer on top my own beliefs about myself. So let's pretend that deep down, I am someone who feels like I don't follow through on what I said I was gonna do. That's not the case, by the way, but I'm gonna pretend it is in this situation. What can happen in this situation is because we've created a self-imposed time container to do it in, 
which let's say 75% of the time we meet, we therefore think that this last minute pressure works for us. And this just isn't true. By holding this belief, all we're doing to ourselves is reinforcing the belief that we can't trust ourselves to schedule in that two hours on, let's say, a Tuesday morning and actually A, turn up when we said we were going to and actually get it done and B, not let a two-hour task turn into a three or four-hour task just because we've got more time to do it. This is completely depleting trust with ourselves, the person that it is the most important that you trust. We're basically telling ourselves, you can only get this done when there's an actual deadline where you'll be letting other people down. And that's the most important thing. What about letting you down? Does that not matter? And let's not forget, leaving it till last minute also brings in the additional pressure of getting it right first time. Any fuck-ups, time costly. Also, bring the risk of something unavoidable happening and therefore, guess what? We let people down. Therefore, reinforcing that belief that I am someone who doesn't follow through. We can avoid this completely by building in what must be done into our week. That's just one example. So we can create that time container when it's not last minute. Each week I ask my clients and my Thrive Together members to reflect on their week, considering things like their wins and how they could have shown up for themselves better that following week from what they've learned about themselves on reflection for the past week. And this same concept can also apply. If you've got a longer term goal, so let's say a three month goal like we set inside Thrive Together, then check in weekly on this. What high value activities would you be doing weekly that indicate that if you are doing them would mean that it is inevitable that you make progress towards your goal? And are you doing them? So often we don't do it this way. I had an example of a Thrive Together member on a group coaching call recently where we worked out if she set aside two hours every single week for 10 weeks, she could achieve her goal. And this is tangible. We can track it. We can hold ourselves accountable. But when we say, oh, I work best under the pressure of doing it last minute, we are giving ourselves the opportunity to avoid. And avoiding it and leaving it to the last minute means that we get to avoid the discomfort of saying, I created it. I paced myself. I was persistent. I put everything into this. And if it fails, I need to feel the discomfort of that. Leaving it to last minute gives us the false benefit of being able to say if it's shy, if if we get bad feedback, it gives us the opportunity to say, well, it wouldn't have been that bad if I hadn't have left it to the last minute. It's not serving you. It's not this approach to your work. It's not serving your stress levels. It's not serving your well-being. It's not even giving you the opportunity to produce your best work. Really, I'm, I really want you to consider your belief that you work better under the pressure of leaving it to last minute. And before I move on from this point, I want you to know that I used to swear by this approach. I genuinely believed, and if I was listening to this episode, I'd have turned it off by now, and I probably would have unsubscribed to this podcast. <laughs> I can tell you that this version of me was stressed out. She used to run around like a headless chicken. She used to feel like a victim to time. And also she used to take that emotion out on anyone who got in her path. So all of my relationships suffered because of my belief. My work suffered because of my belief. My personal progress suffered 
because of my belief. My self-esteem suffered because of that belief. That that belief that leaving it till the last minute was the was when I working working under pressure in that way was when I produced my best work. So I really want you to question that within yourself. Is that the case? Or have you just convinced yourself that you do work better under pressure just because you produce results when you leave it till the last minute? And if that is the case, can you see that time container that you have left till the last minute? Can you pull it forward to and, and trust yourself to show up and not bleed into other time to build that trust with yourself and to give yourself the opportunity of producing your best work? Third one. Third one, third way that I see us self-sabotaging and therefore completely depleting pace and persistence is by thinking that the more time you put into something automatically means that the results will be better. Have you noticed that it's become trendy to take August off? I have noticed this. In the space of business owners, a lot of whom I work with, whether they're parents or not, I've noticed so many people from high status people like Holly Tucker, the owner of Not On The High Street, all the way through to my own friends and acquaintances doing it. And to be fair, I've pretty much done it myself. In August, I've scaled my business right back to serve and deliver, basically not doing the proactive stuff while my little boy and my husband are off because they both are in schools, either working in them or attending them. Um, but anyway, if you've not- if you've listened to episode 31, which is my episode on achieving more with less, you'll know that for me, there's been a real reason for me to explore this concept. And this wasn't out of choice. This was out of necessity for me. But regardless of that, I want to talk to you about this idea that we buy into, which is the more time we pump into something, the more valuable it is or the more time we give to something, automatically means the results will be better, or or it's worth more. This isn't always the case, and I think it's worth mentioning. I've noticed so many mentors and thought leaders talking about it, from Greg McEwen, Brendan Burchard, all the way through to more spiritual leaders, Wayne Dyer. More time does not automatically mean more value. What if you could achieve the same result with less steps? What if you could add the same value or more in half the time? What if you could achieve the same result with half the effort? A lot of the time, we spend 50% of our time actually doing the thing and 50% of our time faffing about doing the thing. And then we have the audacity to say we don't have time for rest or fun or downtime. And we do this for a number of reasons. We want to justify our prices. I see that a lot. We're stuck in old employment model way of thinking where your time is bought in hours. And we also do it because we are sometimes avoiding efficiency because it is easier staying stuck in the um, belief that you haven't got time. And I know that this might bring up a shit ton of resistance for you, but stay with me. When Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard things, she really means it. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is go for a 20 minute walk without your phone. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is say no when someone asks for a quick minute of your time. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is not push through and get another 50 emails boxed off just so your inbox is clearer and you can log off and spend time with your kids. It's hard because it requires courage. 
It requires you to set and uphold boundaries. It's hard because it requires you to let go of any excuses as to why you can't make progress towards your meaningful goals. And it's hard because it means admitting that actually we are the ones getting in our own way a lot of the time. So going back to the point, do you spend more time than you really need to on something to justify your worth or the worth of it? And could you increase your efficiency so that you have more time to do the things that are meaningful to you? And I bet you, if we were having a chat, if you were able to respond to me, the answers might be yes. And what I would encourage you to really think about is, what are those things? What are those things? Okay, number four. So there's only, I don't know if I mentioned this, but there's only five things in this episode. So number four is ignoring your energetic requirements. So the second to last self-sabotaging tactic linked to pace and persistence is ignoring your personal energetic requirements. In the last 15 plus years, I honestly have learned so much about behavioral theory and spiritual models from Myers-Briggs to the DISC model, all the way through to deep work in Enneagram and North Node and astrology and human design. And one thing that is abundantly clear to me is that energetically, we are built differently each and every one of us. Some of us are supposed to work within a very structured regime because that's how we work best. That's how we thrive. Some of us are only meant to work a few hours to produce our best results. Some of us are meant to go where our energy takes us. Some of us are supposed to follow a long-term plan. But what I know to be true is that we are all unique. This is why in Power Planning, I urge my Thrive Together members to know themselves. When do you work best for different things? in each day, but long-term too. So as an example, just one that springs to mind for me is, I know that if I wanna make decisions that require courage, I am not gonna task myself with that when I'm due on my period and my self-doubt is high. It's just not gonna happen. Similarly, if I've got a decision to make or something to do, and I know I haven't had very much sleep or I'm not feeling great, that's probably not gonna be the best time to do it for example, but relating this back to pace and persistence, how in alignment with your way of working actually are you? Do you even know how you best work, how you best operate? Or do you actually think that you should just be like everyone else? Start to notice this about yourself. When do you feel most energized? How can you play to that? You know, when do you start to feel depleted and frazzled? oh, sorry, phone, and burnt out, and how can you avoid that? What kind of tasks give you energy, and what kind of tasks take energy from you? And how can you actually plan your time, week in, week out, to factor these things in? I'm going to be really, really honest. One of my personal struggles at the moment is when people don't see themselves as a leader. They don't get it. They don't see that the decisions that they require to make in their life and their business mean that they are leading, that they are being a leader, the way they show up for their clients, the way they show up for their kids, their family, their team, themselves, that is leadership, that is leading. And so as a leader, you have an obligation to tune into how your energy works and play to that. If you're listening to this podcast, I refuse to believe that you don't have some sort of control over how you structure your week. Even if you work for the most controlling tyrant of an employer who wants to know your every move, I still think that it's fair to say you have some control over how you structure your week. 
So really think about whether you are actually pacing yourself. And if you want some further listening on this, may I suggest that after my next point, my final point that I'm about to cover, after this episode, you consider listening to episode 28, which is overworked and stressed, and perhaps also episode 21, busy, burnt out and over it. Both of those episodes will really serve you if this particular point has resonated with you. Okay, so the final point that I want to talk about when it comes to sabotaging ourselves, when we're going after meaningful goals, when we're trying to pace ourselves and be persistent, is trying to get it perfect. The last one is this quest for perfection. And again, I'm calling bullshit. I see you. I see you trying to make sure that it is just so, so that you can avoid someone saying they don't like it, so that you don't have to fail. But this quest for perfection is a bottomless pit. You can never have it because you can't have perfection. (laughs) Perfection to one person is a piece of shit to another. And I know you know this, but you are using perfectionism to hide. You are using perfectionism to avoid what makes you uncomfortable. And you are justifying it by saying that, no, 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 no. It's actually not about me. It's about them. I want it to be just so for them. I want to make a good impression to them. I want them to have a good experience. I want to do them justice. I want to get it just right for them. And whilst this might be true, ask yourself why. What Again, going back to that question, what is your intention? What is your motivation? Is it coming from a place of true service? Or is it really, if you're really honest, is it really coming from a place of self-protection? I don't doubt for a minute that you're not trying to create something great or get it right so it creates value to other people and therefore revenue or get you that promotion that you want. I totally understand that. But my question is, where is it coming from? What is your underlying agenda? And further, what would happen if it was 50% as good, but complete? What would really be the worst case scenario if the feedback was that it wasn't as valuable as the people you serve wanted it to be? Yeah, sure, your ego might need to take a breather, but your growth mindset will lap that up. The learner in you will love the opportunity to get feedback and make it even better for next time. Have the courage to be a bit rubbish. Have the courage to lower the bar. Have the courage to stop self-sabotaging by trying to make it perfect and therefore not making progress just so you can protect yourself. Giving yourself permission to fail takes courage. I know this personally. It feels very vulnerable. And the higher the stakes, the more courage you are required to practice. And to be clear, what I'm not encouraging you to do here is be happy with producing shite work or being or consistently producing poor quality work. I'm not encouraging that. It's more about letting go of the pressure that you're putting yourself under to get it perfect, to be perfect, which in turn is quite simply allowing you, affording you the opportunity to avoid the risk of failure and judgment. I know that critic that lives in your head because I have one too. And best believe when I press publish on a podcast episode, there is a part of me that thinks, oh shit, I hope this lands well. I hope this performs well. I hope that this resonates with people. I hope this adds value. What if it doesn't? And what I want you to what I want to encourage you to do is give yourself time to grow close to this critic 
and notice how much energy you spend under the influence of this critic critic and how much energy this takes from you and notice how this stops you from being able to make progress at a pace that encourages you to be persistent because persistence requires resilience it requires you to not burn out and therefore linking it all the way back to the beginning of this podcast episode going back to the whole topic of pace and persistence what out of these five things can you see yourself identifying with you know the drill at this point when we get to the end of an episode you might have listened to this and you might have been thinking yep I can relate with that yes I can relate to that and that's amazing but what will you do and what I would love you to do is use one of the links in the show notes and message me what action will you commit to seriously don't faff right now choose an action choose a commitment and message me and tell me you've listened to episode 39 you've learned X, Y, and Z about yourself, and you've committed to A, B, and C. I would love to hear from you. You can message me on Instagram, Thrive Life and Business. You can look me up on LinkedIn. It's Nikki Cross, Thrive Life and Business. Or you can contact me on contact at tlb.org.uk. Just let me know in your subject or at the beginning of your message that you have listened to episode 39. You've learned these things about yourself and you want to commit to or you intend on committing to X, Y and Z action. I would love to hear from you. And with that, I'll be back in episode 40 where I'll be introducing a new theme to get us lined up for September. So I'll see you there. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did recording it. Please, please feel free to share this episode with a friend, a colleague, or another leader that you might know that might benefit from hearing these words. I wanna let you know that that is so valuable to me as a business owner and as a creator. Yes, subscribing is really important and valuable. Yes, leaving a review on iTunes is also very generous of you. But the most important thing that you can do if you would like to give back, if you would like to contribute to the growth of this podcast would be to share this episode or any other episodes with a friend or another leader that you might know that might benefit from it. It really helps me to get this podcast into the hands and the ear holes of people who might benefit from it. So with that, I'm going to thank you so much in advance. I can't wait to hear from you and I will see you in the next episode.